what we can do is if you guys have any questions, we can send it out to you. If you're in the area, we would love for you to come. Um, what be more savvy, what we're going to do, we're going to start signing people up for Take Me to the Bank Day. So we want those teenagers to sign up so they can learn everyday banking, checking, savings, learn about credit. And more importantly, if they don't have someone to go with them to the bank, be more savvy will be there to support them and making sure that they understand everyday banking with signing up um, for this event. So that's one event that we're going to work on with Be More Savvy. The second one we were also invited to um, was called uh, from, it's called A Day of Play. So Lakewood Elementary here in Baltimore, uh, Maryland, has it's an elementary school that invited us to this event. They are going to just teach um, their elementary school. Uh, it's just a day of play, but they want the community to be involved. So Be More Savvy will be there for that as well. So we're just picking up in regards of events. Um, we got some more big news coming, but that's going to be in another later episode. We'll go over that. So, Oh, come on. You can't tease them like that. Okay. So <laughs> that was a lot of information, at least just for myself. So for the, for the conference, the Financial Literacy Conference, is there like a website that we can go to? Mm-hmm. All right. What is it? The website is... Um, www.thebee.org. Come on now, it's 2019. We don't type www. <laughs> I, this is for the young people who don't know that. www.thebee.org. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. And it's called Beyond a Dream Youth Conference. They should see the flyer on the website. All right, Beyond a Dream Youth Conference. And then if they want to get in contact with you, you're not going to be at that conference. How would they sign up for Bank Day? Yeah, so Go to what's going to happen would be more savvy. You can follow us on our Instagram page and you can click on the link on our Instagram. That way you can sign up for Take Me to the Bank Day. We would love to have you there. We want to make sure that you have that support. And Langston, do you have anything you want to say about that? Uh, yeah, so if you want to get in contact with me, uh, feel free to follow me on Instagram at, at the right education 7 Again, that's at the right education 7 I'm assuming that's the number seven, not it's spelled out, right? Yeah, just the number seven. Okay, yes, thank God. Thank I just you. had to double check. All right, that brings us to what I really wanted to get into today. So both of you, this is now my time. What I want to talk to you about, and Langston, thank you so much for coming in. Mm-hmm. Both of y'all happen to be in very similar businesses. So mm-hmm. you both navigate around the financial sector for your nine to five. Right. In your free time, you both have these we'll call them public outreach programs for okay. financial literacy. Specifically, Langston, I know you're working with the younger kids. I know, Nicole, you're focusing more on high school education and adults. What I'd like to break down today is how you got started, how you incorporated yourselves, because Langston, you're in a couple fields of business. Right. And I want to know what were the biggest challenges that you had at the start? And as always, what do you wish someone would have told you in the beginning? Okay. All right. Um, so, Langston, go ahead and start. All right. Um, so honestly, my vision really started when I was in, I'd say, the 10th grade. So I was working a part-time job at Giant Eagle, and I was making probably like $10 an hour. And as I was saving my paychecks, I realized that when I look at the cost of tuition, like, it's not even going to put a dent. I could probably buy maybe a, a couple books, but if you're comparing $1,000 versus $20,000 in tuition, it's really not much. So I was thinking that there has to be a better way to generate income. And that's when I started doing research. I read this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And it literally changed the way I view money because I learned that you can make money even when you're not working. And as as I was growing up, I was always taught in order to generate income, you have to work. Well, I read a book that told me something different. So I took that information. I met someone that was involved in the stock market and the fast forward till today, like that's knowledge that I wish that a lot of people would have right now. 
there are many people in elementary school, middle school, high school, and adults that only think that their way to uh, wealth is have to work for someone. Well, that's the way that you don't achieve wealth. So I really developed the right education to kind of bridge the educational gap to show people that if you really want to be wealthy, here are the steps to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah no, that that's makes great. a whole lot of sense. And just to recap, and I'm going to emphasize this, Mr. Wright is 26 years old, and he already owns investment properties, and he already has his own nonprofit. That's yes. extremely impressive, yes. at least for myself. So I definitely want to talk to you a little more about that. Absolutely. Nicole, we've all been waiting for this. <laughs> Can you tell us why you got in? Now, we've got... Your reasoning sitting right behind us watching cartoons, and yeah. she's incredible. Yeah. But what made you so interested in this? Like, what was the final, what, what was basically your path to getting here? Um, so, yeah, with Be More Savvy, what really started it, uh, there's a couple things. It kind of all kind of came up together like a volcano. It, it erupted. I just couldn't take it anymore. Um, I was raised to be very fortunate with a mom and dad and uh, just being raised around a, to me what was considered normal atmosphere but when I moved to Baltimore Maryland and I saw that there was a disconnect between everyday banking and finance I saw money when I was 17 I started working at a bank at 17 and I saw $50,000 $60,000 $70,000 $90,000 checks coming in now granted it wasn't my money but I was touching it so it made me feel like I was a little bit closer to understanding what finance really was and you could smell it too. I could smell it and then here's the catch not only did I smell it and touch it but they asked me for some of it back and I started counting that money counting it and then I started look looking at my little paycheck kind of like what Langston stated and I saw I was making nine dollars an hour but how are these people bringing in ten thousand fifteen thousand and a lot of them were small business owners mm. and so when that happened and then I went to college and I graduated and I realized when I'm putting up my resume I have to ask someone can you hire me can you hire me even though I spent fifty thousand dollars in a, for a degree so let's go let's fast forward now I'm in Baltimore Maryland and I'm starting to see that if I'm having these issues as a graduate can you imagine the people that are having these issues without having that education? Mm -hmm. The people who don't have the parents to talk to them about everyday banking, the people who don't have the knowledge to discuss what it feels like to feel 30 or 40 or $50,000. I had the, the beauty of walking into a vault, having encountered every day as a banker when I was 17. Mm -hmm. But for people who never saw what real money could do and how it can work for them, that's what really made me start being more savvy is to help connect the dots and let them know if I can do it and more importantly, if other people can do it, what makes you think you can do it um, you can't do it more importantly you can do anything that someone else can do it's just all about having the right opportunity in front of you so that's why I started Be More Savvy alright killer and so one thing that I'm going to point this out that both of you had mentioned was what kind of sparked this off was seeing that the people that were really making money were the ones making money through their businesses or the money right. through the ones that already own properties and so the buzzword today I guess it's going to be passive income yeah. That's what you've got coming from your homes. That's Absolutely. what you. That's what the goal is for this company. But that's right. how you build wealth is by generating passive income. Right. Now, yeah. For everyone out there, at least from what I understand, and like a dictionary will probably do you more justice. Passive income is when you're making money not or outside of office hours. So it's not a hustle that you got on the side. Yep. It's you go out, you purchase a property, which I want to talk to you about how Absolutely. you got into that. Absolutely. It's starting a business, and then once you hire an employee, when they're doing the work and they're selling for you, you're still making some money on top of that, but uh -huh. you're not really putting in any of that frontline effort. Yep. That's really important. That's what passive income is, and that's one of the ways to get rich. Because if you're making passive mm -hmm. income, everything that you're doing for active income is just 
extra. Yeah, it's yeah. just the frosting on the cake, Absolutely. whatever you want to call it. All right. So that brings us to a topic I have no idea about, <laughs> which is real estate investing. Absolutely. Uh, how, why? How did you get started? Well, so it kind of goes into the whole passive income understanding. So it's like when I was growing up and I read that book, um, to give people some insight, I think I, I want people to grab a pencil and paper to write with. Robert Kiyosaki, he mentioned that... Kiyosaki. Yeah, Kiyosaki. Can you spell that, please? Um, It's K-I-Y-O-S-A-K-I. Don't quote me, though. I believe that's the correct spelling. I don't even know if I would pronounce it right. Okay. <laughs> Robert but, uh, Kiyosaki, go. <laughs> but he, uh, he created the cash flow quadrant. And essentially, the cash flow quadrant talks about how there are four different ways you can make income. So on the left-hand side of the quadrant, you have an employee and someone that's self-employed. So a lot of us and a lot of people listening to this podcast are all employees. The thing about employees is that we obviously want to get paid more, but at the same time, do you think that your employer wants to pay you more? Mm. Of course not, Mm -hmm. because if they pay us more, they're not going to be as profitable. So that's one reason why you can never become wealthy being an employee, because you're, you're paid based on your position, not paid on how much value you bring. Um, someone that's self-employed, now they are compensated by the task. So as a barber, now the more heads that I cut, the more money that I can make. But if I don't cut any heads, well, I'm not going to work. If I'm a lawyer, the more cases I take on, the more money I can make. Um, we all know the lifestyle of a doctor. The more people I can help, I can make a lot of money. But do you see a lot of doctors that have time to uh, go to their son or daughter's birthday party? Do they have a lot of time to go on vacations? Do they have to wake up at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning and go take care of a patient? So I say all that to say, on the left side of the quadrant, when you're working as an employee or someone that's self-employed, you're now trading your time for money meaning that you have to work for money. You have to be actively looking and working for money. So to answer your question, the reason why real estate came uh, to be for me is the fact that I saw that real estate was a great way to become an investor. And that's having my money work for myself. And so on the right side of the quadrant, you can either be a business owner or an investor. And about 10% of America fall on that right side of the quadrant, but they attain about 90% of the wealth. So now I have to ask myself a question. Do I want to be a part of the 10% that enjoys 90% of the wealth? Absolutely. And most of those people are real estate investors and they're collecting money passively on their investments. So now it's a matter of how do I get involved with purchasing real estate properties? At that time, I was only 24 years old and I was in grad school and I knew I wanted to get involved with real estate. I love playing Monopoly at an elementary school What do you level. mean you love playing Monopoly? <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love playing Monopoly? I will whoop someone's ass. Let me know. Time out. Let me tell you what. No, no, no. When we went out to L.A., two-day game of Monopoly. Who ended up winning in the end? Both times? Both. No. It was one game. One game? It lasted two yeah, days. Yeah, it is two games. Who got Boardwalk in Park Place? The guy who won. All right, so here's the catch. <laughs> and you guys have me recorded saying this. I challenge both of them to Monopoly. It is under my couch right now, ready to go. Oh All I know gosh. is that one of us has enough student loans to buy a house, but one of us actually has bought houses. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's what I want to get to. Like, that's what... The, these are, I'm these are where him, my notes guys. are coming from. These are where my notes are coming from. How did you start buying houses yeah. at 24? Like, yeah. I've been scraping away at career jobs for years, and I have not, like, saved up enough to buy myself a nice car. Yeah. Okay, so how? So, go, go. So, so here's the thing. I'm going to get um, him, you guys. I'm going to just let that slide. Uh-huh. <laughs> so when I was 24 years old, I started seeking out people that were successful in real estate investing because my philosophy is if you want something in life, find someone who has it and have them teach you the formula to go out and get it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, if you want something, go out and find someone that has it. It's the greatest start to a robbery story I've ever heard. <laughs> well, how hungry are you? I don't know. Keep going. I just derailed that, but okay. Okay. continue on. And so um, in Pittsburgh, where I'm from, they have a real estate investment group. And I reached out to someone and I asked if they can show me how they really operate this business. And he was saying that there are kind of two different ways that you can get involved. Either use your own money or use other people's money. During that time, 24 in grad school, I had some money saved up, but I didn't have enough to buy the the four properties that I wanted. So he taught me a strategy on purchasing properties out of a tax delinquency. Okay. in Pittsburgh, you have a lot of different homes that um, are owned by out-of-state investors, and they're not paying taxes on them. So essentially, when you're not paying taxes on them, the government can take them at any time. Well, before the government even intervenes, I find a way to get in contact with these investors, and I make them an offer. I may say, hey, look, you owe $4,000 in back taxes. Before the government steps in, let me at least get this property off you, pay the taxes, and now I can take control of the property. So now there are two things that just went. There are two things that have just taken place. Number one, the um, previous owner was able to get four thousand dollars that they weren't going to pay, and now I'm able to get a property at a discount. So once you are able to multiply and duplicate that process, fast forward to today, that's why I have five properties in Pittsburgh and I brought them the exact same way out of so, a tax delinquency. So that's that's a phenomenal story because, I mean, I've heard different ways to get into the real estate business. But let me ask you, so if you're buying a property for 4000 and they're only behind, but they still own the property. The only profit that the other owner is gaining is four thousand. Yes, mm-hmm. that's four thousand a profit, but aren't they losing the home? Like, is it worth it? Yeah, they're losing the home, but you have to think if the property has been vacant for so long, um, and they're not having someone in there paying rent. Like, obviously, there must be something going on in their situations where they don't want their properties anymore. Okay. So now they're essentially like a, a motivated seller. Oh, okay. That's, that's, that's a key word that a lot of people uh, use in real estate. We look for motivated sellers that are able to sell us a property at a discount. So for someone that's backed up in taxes, $4,000, obviously, their situation doesn't allow them to work in the real estate industry anymore. And number two, it's like the properties were, were pretty messed up to begin with. So now they have to get some money and get the properties fixed back up for it to be rented out. Perfect. Oh, All right, wow. we're gonna say that this is for everybody at home, but it's actually for me because, <laughs> thank you. Um, how, how do you find the ones that are in tax delinquency? Like, suppose that I wanted to you know, pick up a mm. couple of 
tax delinquent homes in Baltimore, yeah. hypothetically speaking, yeah. how would I go about and find those homes? You're actually able to do it on the um, on the Maryland website. So I haven't actually done it myself in Maryland. I've only done it in Pittsburgh. But a lot of that information is actually public. So there's a way to navigate that um, on the website. And if you want, people can uh, send me an email or follow me on Instagram, and um, I can give them that direct information. What? You can't do it right now? This is, that's not fair. I have things to learn. <laughs> but you can find it that, online. Okay, that is that is a good place to start. And definitely, if you are interested in this, go and check out uh, Langston's Instagram. It was... The Right Education 7. The Right 7. Education 7. That's the number 7. Okay, so that's incredible. Now, where that branches off of. So, you found these properties. You basically made them an offer that... The, the, the owners couldn't refuse, which yes. sounds kind of badass. Um, <laughs> wh- when did you create an LLC? When did you, do you have one? Yes. Did you, like, how, how did you navigate that whole issue? So, um, I started the LLC before I purchased um, the properties. <laughs> one issue that I had, and this goes back to a question that you had before, what kind of challenges were faced? So when I was trying to take out a loan for the LLC, it was hard to get a loan because of the fact that a lot of companies wanted you to have two years of experience working Mm -hmm. in that field. And I had zero experience. So that's one. Okay, we're back. Nicole got the pizza from Papa John's, so Yay. now we're all sitting cozy. Thank you very much. Now, Langston, before we were so rudely interrupted by the pizza man, mm. you were talking about uh, small business. And after we paused, you actually gave me the best information of, like, how did you become an LLC? Like, how did, what, what was your path to getting the business right, set up? Right, right. Um, so a lot of people that want to get interested in uh, real estate investing or introduced to it, they think, okay, do I have to have an LLC? And um, after seeking out different advice from people, uh, the best way to do it was through, for me, a sole member LLC. Oh, okay, so good. when I found uh, my paperwork for a sole member LLC, my tax documents wouldn't change because all I would have to do is configure and work through Schedule E or Schedule C on my tax return. A lot of you guys might be thinking, well, what is a sole member LLC and how do I file my documentation? Um, Every state is going to have different rules and different regulations and different process. But um, when I was going through the process, I actually sought out a lawyer. And the lawyer was going to charge me $200 for a consulting one-hour appointment. And then even after that, I had to pay an extra $150 per form. And I'm thinking, well, all of this information should probably be public because I'm sure there are a lot of people that have filed their paperwork for a single-member LLC. So um, I went to LegalZoom, and they actually had step-by-step on how to file my paperwork so I could be properly incorporated. So I would advise you all, before consulting a lawyer um, or, or trying to seek out uh, professional counsel, take, take some time and just really look at the resources that are available to you. LegalZoom is a great source that I use that's to help me get started. That's no, great. And that's incredible because as of late, the only legal advice I've been getting is from my lawyer friend, so it's free. So yes, either go to LegalZoom or cozy up to someone in law school. Yeah, that's true. But in all actuality, let's just go on a 
basic form because we'll be more mm-hmm. savvy. We're going to take a step back for those who don't even really understand what we're discuss- discussing or we're using words that you may or may not have ever heard. You really don't need a lawyer in order to file your um, type of business. All you have to do is be willing to do your research. It is free to file an EIN. An EIN operates as a tax ID number. An EIN is like your social security number, but it's for your business only. And as a sole member, you do still need an EIN for an LLC. Um, I'm pretty sure you have an EIN for your business as well. Yes, I do. And that is free. So instead of... Right. That's what she means. Instead of going to a lawyer, it is free. So that's... And you do that through IRS.gov. Right. Don't forget. Now... Basics and what I want to hear from both of you: Why start a business? Why start an LLC? Why can't I just use my own personal accounts for this shit? Oh, that's a good question. So, why can't we use our own personal accounts? It's because for filing taxes, you want to make sure everything's done separately. Your personal is personal. Your business is business. Because with the business piece, you want to make sure that you gain the benefits of filing a business, having your business. So the tax exemptions, you get money back for the expenses that you pay for your business. And with Be More Savvy, you want to not only be maximizing your understanding with everyday banking, but making sure we are teaching you the fundamentals of being becoming an entrepreneur. Absolutely. And so um, you, what do you want to say about that? Honestly, say? there isn't anything more to have to add. I think you summed up the answer perfectly. Like for me, it was without a question that I was going to operate everything has two separate entities because of the tax advantages that come along with owning your own business. That's good. And so if you want to know how your biggest favorite, most popular companies or your hair salons or how they even got started, they kept their personal personal and their business business. You do not mix the two. And there's advantages for doing that um, on both aspects. So um, that's when a CPA comes involved. And that's in our deep, we can go into a deeper episode next time in regards of taxes. We're, we are not tax advisors, nor do we give advice about taxes. But we just want to make sure you understand there are advantages for starting your own business. Absolutely. And the biggest one that I want to mention, so taxes is great. Um, I don't know a whole lot about taxes. But... What I do know about starting a business isn't something that I want everyone to take home and correct me if I'm wrong. Again, never done this before, but a benefit of having a business is that it actually puts up a wall between you and what you need to live your assets, your money, and what goes on at the business. So depending on how you're structured, Mm -hmm. if someone, suppose you've got an LLC with a storefront, if someone slips and falls in there, they can sue the LLC but they cannot sue you as a person. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, unless you like push them down or some yeah. shit. Like, but that's something, it protects you, it keeps you. So if your business goes under, or your business is sued, you're not sued, you still have money to feed your family yep. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Absolutely. All right. That's 100% it. right. And so, uh, in basic terms, by keeping it separate, by basic terms of what he's saying, if someone says, you did me wrong, it's really, no, your business did me wrong. It's all about passing the blame. <laughs> and making sure that the business get blamed and not you personally. Because if they do blame you personally, then that means they're going after anything connected under your social. Mm-hmm. Your house, your car, your your anything, student loans, anything. And if they win, now you personally will own them versus the business. So always mm-hmm. keep your personal personal and your business business. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so we're going to take a break right now. Um, but Be More Savvy will be right back with you guys. All right.
All right, cool. So that might have not sounded like a break to you guys because this is a podcast and it's playing straight through, but I'm going to just say it for funsies. We're back. <laughs> Langston, um, before we get all finished up here, you actually mentioned something earlier because you keep saying the good stuff when we're not recording. <laughs> Tell us about Sierra. Tell us about... This girl, how'd you yeah, meet her? Yeah. How'd you meet her? Okay, I'll tell you how I met her. So, um, I am a math teacher for sixth and seventh grade, and something that I've been trying to teach my students is not working for money, but having people at work or money at work. Those are two ways to accumulate wealth. People Can you repeat at, that? Yeah. So, um, what I've been trying to do um, as a sixth and seventh grade math teacher is I've been really trying to. She's learned that word, you guys, and it hasn't stopped since. So we're just going to keep pushing through. Just ignore it. <laughs> so um, so as I mentioned to you all before. <laughs> okay, keep going. Uh, let's keep going. All right. So uh, as I mentioned to you guys before, I am a sixth and seventh grade math teacher. And growing up into the school system, a lot of people are conditioned, just as I was, to have to work for money. And even more than that, they were conditioned to have to save money. But that could be another topic of discussion because I actually don't advocate for saving. Um, like I said, we're going to talk about that another whoa, time. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> Wait. Wait. All right. You're gonna, no, no, no. Uh, we can stop this now. Then. No, we're going to keep going. Uh, okay. I actually definitely want to touch on that. I... I that's amazing. I have so many questions about that. <laughs> me too. So you're but, you're but, definitely coming but back. But something tells me, something tells me, Be More Savvy believes in what he's discussing. Oh, definitely. Oh, absolutely. No, we just need to figure it out. Okay, keep, keep going. So you, you don't save anything. Your wallet's empty. We've got no money. You invest it all. You invest it all. Looking for a higher return because they're better than savings account interest rates and money markets and IRAs. We're going to talk about that later. All right, no comment. Keep going. Okay, back to the story. Back to the story. Uh, so back to the story. So I actually met a student um, in, in one of my classes. Uh, she is a seventh grade student, and we were having a conversation, and she was talking about how her mother is working two or three jobs kind of just to make ends meet. And I look and see how does that play an impact on her life? Well, now she is almost forced to have to raise her little brother and cousins. And in my mind, I didn't grow up in that way, but I'm sure there's some type of knowledge or some type of exposure that could provide for her to not allow that situation to be her reality forever. So as we were talking, she was saying that she would love to be a cosmetologist or a hairstylist. She didn't and actually use the word cosmetologist, did she? She actually did. Oh, my God. She, she actually oh, did. Cool. Um, and and I, I think that surprised me as well, because if you ask me, I couldn't even tell you specifically what cosmetologist does. I can tell um, you. Because they are. In seventh grade, uh, could you tell us? I, yeah, because they do it right now. They just do each other's hair, not knowing that they can become their own business owner. Yeah, but no girls are getting to get, unless I'm wrong, I don't think any girls are getting together and they, can I practice my cosmetology? Oh, yes. <laughs> they sure do. They get they little do. doll babies. They get little doll babies and they say, I want to do hair, not knowing that the real term for that is a cosmetologist. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I, I, did, I was saying that they use the term cosmetologist. No, they really yeah. don't use that term, but um, they know what they're doing. I'm but sure that it, they do. Anyways, it, in this situation, too. surprisingly, though, that she did use it. And I think the reason why she used it was because of the fact that that is probably something that she looked up on her own, which kind of shows you how even at the seventh grade level, you still have an ability to dream the type of lifestyle you want. Um, so 
as we're talking, I'm thinking, well, why not own your, your own hair salon? Why not have your own beauty parlor? And she was saying, well, Mr. Wright, I don't know if that's possible for me. I said, sure it is. Let me help you. One of the keys to getting what you want, as I mentioned earlier, is to find someone that has what you want. So I wrote a script for her. And the script was really designed to set up a business meeting with a business owner of a hair salon. So I wrote out the script. She practiced it about 10 times. And as the class ended, and we should not have been doing this in math class, but as the class ended, she actually gave the business owner a call and set up an appointment. At, awesome. at, at seventh grade, she put herself at an adult level and set up an appointment to speak with the business owner. And that's awesome. That's incredible. It's, 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 it's amazing. Just think about how many adults don't even have the kumph or don't even have the, um, the, the self-confidence to do something like that. So we set up an appointment on Saturday. We met with the business owner. And now she is going to be in seventh grade shadowing this business owner of a successful hair salon once a week. And the idea for me is that by the time she gets into uh, her senior year in uh, high school, she would have learned a process of how to run and operate a business. So that can now be an option for her along the side of college. I think that's magnificent. That is. That really is phenomenal. And what's going to happen is when she graduates college, not only will she have a degree, but she'll be on pace to actually be licensed as a cosmetologist, which means after that, she literally can work in any, any salon and have her own salon at yes. home. And if you want to be technical cosmetologists, they're also known as scientists because of the chemicals that they have to work with with mixing. I mean, it's just a level of, of expertise that they have to have. So that's really good news as, as, as a seventh grader. Absolutely. And that's I'm proud really of really good advice, too. I can't imagine doing that nowadays. But the fact that you walked her through. And again, the whole point of today's episode, guys, reach out to Nicole. Reach out to Langston. They know a lot more about this than I do. But, like, that's... So helpful. If mm -hmm. you don't know how to do something, go out and talk. Absolutely. I'm learning right now. I'm t I've been taking notes this whole time. I've got stuff that I'm going to read because I'm going to try and start cursing less on here. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, this has been really eye-opening, and I highly recommend. Like, go out, reach out to Langston, write education, reach out to Nicole through Be More Savvy. And I'm going to piggyback off of what he's saying. Where Be More Savvy will come in to with what Langston is doing is after she walks in that salon and she starts that internship, because that's what it sounds like to me, is that it's an internship without even having to go through all that paperwork and hoping someone picks you. She took literally took it upon herself and had the great support system to just say, I want to know more. And where Be More Savvy will come in, we would not only have her be that intern, but we also show her how to start making money and having that money. I don't care if she's sweeping the hair off the floor. You're an entrepreneur now. And Be More Savvy will open up that business account and help her start marketing for that so that it's not she is not only gaining the skill set, but also the financial piece. Wonderful. And that's what we're all here for, guys. It's for your education. Like, I'm doing this. I'm learning everything. You guys are incredible. They're, they're wonderful sources of information. So, Langston, I would sincerely like to thank you for being on today. What I'd love to do is have you come back and explain why you don't save. Because <laughs> that would make me feel better about how little I'm actually able to save. And before we wrap up, Nicole, you said that you have some special news, and I've seen you biting your tongue for the last 10 minutes. So let's have it. What's going on? So, yeah, we had, like I said earlier in the episode, a pretty phenomenal work week in regards to being more savvy. Um, we had spoken to a couple, we did a couple events on site, but outside of those events, one of the meetings we have is with Eric with Nacho Bangers, and Nacho Bangers 
has decided that he will be a part of the podcast as well. Ooh. And he is a entrepreneur who started his own restaurant here in Baltimore, Maryland. And just having him here, a lot of young people look up to him, not only just in Maryland, but actually on his YouTube channel, Nacho Bangers. He just started with nachos and cheese and ground beef. And now he literally has, he's working on opening different stores, his own chain. Um, and he's just in the community doing awesome work. So I just think it's great that we have that connection piece with Be, Be More Savvy and Nacho Bangers and Langston. So it really is a full circle effect, making sure that our youth is um, educated on what it takes to be more savvy. Mm-hmm. And that's really exciting. I'm psyched for that. Uh, so yeah, that's what you're going to expect coming up next. Of course, we've gonna, we're going to have a lot more content coming for you guys. But if there's anything specific that you want us to talk about, all of this is just done in our free time. We all work day jobs. But if you've got specific questions or if there's something on your mind that you just want to learn about go ahead and hit us up dm nicole at um be more savvy our our ig is be more savvy fc um twitter is also be more savvy fc or you can email us at b m o r e s a v y consulting at gmail.com be more savvy consulting at gmail.com and langston s-a-v or s-a-v-v-y it's actually one v Oh my God, that's gonna bother me. So I know much. it does bother me. It, it really does bother me. <laughs> We're gonna I talk can, about that later. No, I can't change it. I've tried to change it, you guys. Jesus I've tried. Well, then start to over. I thought about it. I really have. Oh God. Just DM me on IG. Yeah. I will get to you quicker. Yep, and give us ideas. Shout her out. Harass her through the stories. Just let her know. She goes live fairly often. And likes yeah. How can they get in contact? With and uh, what you all can do is follow me on Instagram at the right education seven. Uh, feel free to to reach out to me with any question that you may have. So as a financial coach, what I do is I provide a full comprehensive financial plan for people. So if you want to get out of debt, I show people how to get out of debt. If you want to build generational wealth, I walk people through how to do exactly that because that's something that holds people back from having their own business is the lack of money. If you want to make sure that you can make money in your sleep, I help people do that as well. So like I said, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at the right education seven and also you can reach out to me through email it is the right education inc at gmail.com awesome all right amazing well that's it thank you guys for joining us for another episode of throne bakes we thank look you forward alex to- yeah. Thank you, yes, sir. Nice. He's so awesome. All right. Um, thank you, guys. Uh, as always, tune in, message us, contact anybody. They're a lot smarter than I am. So no, have a wonderful He's an expert, week. too. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Bye.